This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westrom, Celtics beat writer for Mass Live, and I'm joined by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe. Nicole, how are you doing? Well, Tom, I don't really know where to start. It's been a day. Yeah, a lot has happened over the past 48 hours or so. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic were scheduled to play game five of their first round playoff series today at four, and the Bucks just never came out of the locker room. Ultimately, they decided to boycott the game. Prior to tip-off, I feel like the only conversation about a potential boycott I feel like Tom is getting ready to tell me that it's actually a strike and not a boycott. It is It is a strike and not a boycott, yes. If you want to get technical, it is either a strike or a protest. It is not a boycott. Because a boycott is what you do if you're buying something and you stop buying something. Right. Okay, so prior to tip-off, though, I feel like the only conversation about players potentially sitting out, that all seemed to revolve around Celtics-Raptors game one yeah. tomorrow. All the attention just seemed to be focused on that matchup. So when yeah. it happened so soon, I think people were caught off guard, including NBA executives, league officials. Like, according to ESPN, mm-hmm. they had no idea. I mean, even the Orlando Magic apparently had no idea that this was happening. I think it was a surprise. I mean, I think you can you can tell that from the league's response. It felt to me, and I tweeted this, that it felt a little bit like the COVID situation with OKC Utah, where it just, the, the teams weren't coming out right away and something just kind of felt off. And like, you were like, oh, something's happening here. And it felt like, you know, something kind of big and kind of powerful was about to happen. And, you know, sure enough, the Bucks just refused to come out. Eventually the magic just left the court. The first thing that I would just say about all of this is that I felt like it was really powerful. This was huge, and and we're seeing the ripple effects everywhere. I mean, you know, Major League Baseball games are getting canceled, and this is all... We shouldn't say they're getting canceled. We should say players are choosing not to play, because it's not the leagues, it's the players. No, this is, yeah, correct. You mentioned before that I was getting ready to tell you, like, no, Nicole, it's a strike, but I think that distinction actually really does matter. This is something that the players are driving, and it is something that I think people are going to try to co-opt into something else. But this was a decision by the players not to play, that they did not clear with ownership, they did not clear with management. This was a labor decision. Like, the players decided to do this. The people who actually do the labor, who actually do the work, decided we're not doing the work today, and here's why. It's because we're demanding, in the most powerful way that we have, justice, we're demanding, you know, change. So I think as a first step, that's just incredibly powerful. It's really just flexing all the muscle that players have. It got started something that I think could be really powerful and really impactful down the road. You already can see the impact of the Bucks choosing not to play. Like you mentioned, Major League Baseball games aren't happening. Major League Soccer games aren't happening. And more importantly, Wisconsin officials and politicians are now being called upon to have some sort of answer. 
So you're seeing statements from Wisconsin Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. The Bucks called him while in the locker room. It's pretty crazy. They're already talking about police reform bills. To go back to Fred Van Vliet, he was hopeful that this would happen, that, okay, this happened in Wisconsin. Say the Bucks do sit out, then hopefully the Bucks owner, generally NBA owners, are some of the richest, most well-connected, powerful people in their respective states, can then make phone calls to the district attorney, to state officials, to lawmakers to try and enact some sort of change and to really force it to happen. We're recording this at like 9.30 p.m. on Wednesday, and the players and coaches had a meeting at 8 that's still ongoing, and the coaches just left, according to multiple reports. So we'll see what comes out of that. That obviously is going to be huge in terms of how they're going to progress moving forward. I've seen both sides. Like, there are players that want to continue this. There are players that are ready to go home. So I have no idea where that's going to land. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was the NBA's reaction to all of this. This is going to sound like I'm getting on my uh, the, the soapbox that Nicole knows that I, I love to get on top of. I'm concerned about the way that the NBA, you know, sort of reacted to the beginning of this. Like, I'm concerned about them immediately saying, well, all the games are postponed. What's the alternative? Like, them just saying that they're canceled? Like, that's premature, in my opinion. Because also the players might want to still play. For sure. So I guess by inserting themselves, I'll back off that one a little bit. You go ahead. The league doesn't deserve as much credit in terms of saying, like, oh, like, this is a progressive league. Like, the NBA is the ones that, like, sort of allow for social justice issues to be highlighted. They do for sure. But it's like, no, it's really the players that are pushing this charge and that the league allows for it, which is great. Like, there are some leagues that might shut that down or might not be as accepting. The players just deserve more credit here, but I think it's impossible to think that the league's not going to get involved. Like, my concern with it is that where we're going to end up is that, like you said, the league is going to get a lot of credit for this. Then it is going to become sort of a thing where the owners are going to start to get credit. Adam Silver starts to get credit for it. It's like, let me put it this way. I think the Bucks deserve so much credit for what they did today. It was really brave to do that, to, to, to know that you had NBA personnel standing outside your locker room. There was a lot of pressure to just go out there and play and just kind of continue to do things. And if they had just continued, nobody would have blamed them. Nobody would blame players for just kind of continuing the status quo as normal. Like they are the ones who organized among themselves. They are the ones who decided to sit out. And that's really powerful, and I don't want that to get co-opted by then the league being like, oh, we postponed all our games because of X, Y, and Z. The Celtics deserve credit for sending out a tweet that had, like, here's, you know, how you can get involved. Here's, like, the people that you should contact to demand justice. And the Bucks deserve credit for standing by their players. Like, I'm worried that the conversation is going to get swept up in that as opposed to, like, here's, like, this truly brave and impactful thing that a bunch of athletes just kind of decided to do. Like, I hope the conversation stays on that and it stays on George Hill and it stays on Sterling Brown and it stays on the guys who like hung back and decided to make a statement, you know, with their actions and then with their words when they came out of the locker room and and, and stood together. I don't want to take it co-opted away from the Bucks because what they did was really brave and it deserves to be really credited. I guess I would ask people to make sure that you question motivations. For example... Uh, the Orlando. I mean, if we're going to question motiv- motivations, let's start with the Celtics before we go outward. That's fair. Prior to the Jacob Blake tweet that they sent out and put on Instagram that all the players are sharing now. So I don't know if you've noticed, but if you do a search through the tweets that come from the Celtics team account, 
Not once have they ever tweeted about Brianna Taylor. Like they have never said her name, which a bunch of players are wearing jerseys that literally say, say her name on the back of it. <laughs> yeah. They have never said George Floyd and they have sent five tweets according to my Twitter advanced search with the hashtag Black Lives Matter. One was a video of Brad Stevens. One was a video of Wick Grossback. One was a video sort of capturing their involvement at the protests in Boston. One was a resource thread, and one was for their, like, sponsored Hero Among Us segment. They'll tweet a video of what Jalen Brown is saying, but they won't actually, like, support what he's saying in that. He'll demand justice for Breonna Taylor, but the Celtics won't say that. Then, following this, now they're doing it. 100% I question their motivations. They're nervous that the league is going to get canceled, so they're doing everything they can. This is my interpretation. They're doing everything they can to show the players that they're there. But they're doing that because they've been pushed to the brink. If you scroll back through the Celtics' Twitter timeline, you will not see any mention of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. If you watch the just flurry of live tweets during Celtics press conferences, you'll notice that whenever the players talk about Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, when they bring up people's names, when they talk about these hard topics, Celtics Twitter account stays silent. They'll tweet out the, everyone, please go vote, or they'll tweet out the, I really care about my community. They'll tweet out the soft stuff from what they said that's not targeted. But now, now that like the league could possibly be canceled, look what they're doing. I was going to ask you whether you were surprised or whether you were expecting an additional statement tonight from them. I wasn't sure because obviously they weren't one of the teams playing tonight. If they were playing today, I would have definitely expected a statement. But they're very involved and they play tomorrow and we haven't heard anything. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say that I was expecting a statement. I think I would imagine that, like, what will probably happen is if the Celtics and Raptors decide, like, if the players decide, like, we're not playing tomorrow, then we'll get some kind of, I mean, relatively, like, harmless statement about, like, we support our players and we oppose police brutality in any way, that kind of thing, which is better than the alternative. I'm glad that all these teams are supporting their players, for sure. But I think you're exactly right in sort of pointing out, I guess, it's kind of a hypocrisy, right? Like that word is thrown around a lot. So I, I feel kind of silly saying it, but it, but it is like, it, you can't, this is not something that you can really generalize. And I mean, in, increasingly, it feels like if you're going to do this, you got to do it. Like you can't really take like any half steps anymore. This is not like a half step society that we live in. Like we, we, we live in like, all right, like you need to either go in or, or go out. So like when it comes to like, okay, make sure you vote. Oh, go out and vote on, on November 3rd is such a, such a bland statement now because it literally says nothing. Like anybody could go out and vote for anything. And that's kind of what I mean when I say a half measure, right? Like it is kind of a half measure to say like the solution to everything is just voting. I just don't think we're there anymore. I think, I think we've moved past that. If you want to try to make change, give me, give me policy specifics. Give me things that, that you, specific things that you will not play basketball until this thing is changed because I think that would work. And, and, and this is, and I feel, I feel kind of bad saying that because as Jalen Brown noted the other day, like these are, these are 23, 24, 25, 30, whatever year old athletes. Like these are not like policymakers. These are not like the, these guys are being asked to talk about things that are really complicated, even for people who are experts in racial justice and racial equality. And like, we're asking them to be experts in something that like, like that they understandably are not experts in. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why it's important that players team up with people in power and positions that can actually enact change. I think I just keep going back to 
what Fred Van Vliet said is like, look, the owners have the power to do something. And sort of as we see reports come out from this meeting, like it shows that players want the owners to do something. And the thing is, is like the owners are the ones that have the means to do something. They have billions of dollars. They have the connections. They can make stuff happen. And they're also, I think, part of the problem. Somebody in my in my DMs actually hit me up today. He said, like, I'm proud of what the players are doing, but I have a, I have an, uh, an idea slash a question. Um, I wonder if players or teams would ever consider hiring state lobbyists to push for specific causes of import. Um, you know, example, progressive DAs, criminal justice reform, et cetera. Any player in the league could easily afford a retainer and state governments have massive impact on your daily life. Things like that, I think, are the type of specifics that I feel I feel like could really move things forward. That are things that that players could actually do, like like whether it's the union, whether it's individual players, whether it's kind of a collective that's organized by the league. Like, well, also the owners should be footing the bill here. I would agree, but yeah, I mean, whoever it is, like things like that are possible. For sure. And that sort of reminds me of what Robert Kraft actually did like a few months ago, right after George Floyd's death, is he made a $1 million donation in the form of 10 $100,000 donations. Basically, he would turn to the team and say like, okay, which community organization do you think like would be worth partnering with? Or which community organization have you been working with that you think could use some more support? For example, the first one was Boston Uncornered, picked by Devin McCourty, which is dedicated to helping people who had just gotten out of jail or who are from like low income areas and they're trying to get a job or they're trying to go to college. And so what Robert Kraft did was first he would donate and then he would have leaders from that organization come talk to the team and just sort of talk about what they've been working on. And not just the players, like the executive, the front office, like everyone. And I think Jalen was sort of alluding to that, but he took it one step further. And to your point or to your DMers point, he said maybe one day they could hire these people. So I think there just needs to be some more to use a super corporate jargony word that maybe the owners will understand, like synergy between like community organizations and the teams. Because even though what Robert Kraft did seems like, oh, he's just putting like, he's just making a donation. No, like, I mean, I, I actually really liked that idea. He's turning to the players, asking where they would like to see his money and then having them come in and speak. And hopefully that's not just a one-time thing. Hopefully that's the start of a relationship we haven't been critical enough of sort of the Celtics response. All we've gotten are statements. They haven't made any yeah. donations since George Floyd's killing. Like we haven't seen anything really substantial in my opinion from them. And they've sort of gone off easy. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that, oh, and they're in the NBA though. Whereas Robert Kraft's in the NFL, the bad league. Yeah. There's a lot to that. I, I wonder too, to an extent, like if they aren't being carried a little bit by Jalen, because they have this one guy who is truly an impressive human at 23 years old to like, you know, to, to be impacting change the way he is. Like, I, I wonder if there is sort of like a, maybe, you know, probably not like intentional. I don't think the organization thinks to themselves, oh, we're fine because we have Jalen, but I wouldn't be surprised if they unintentionally skate a little bit on the fact that like they look really good because they have Liberation Brown on their team, you know? I think that's a really good point. I'm not a huge NFL guy. I would not say that I'm somebody who goes out of his way to defend billionaires ever. I think that that is the type of thing that I like, that I really do like to see. 
that's the kind of thing that you love to see it. Like really taking into account what your players are saying. Like it shows a lot of respect to your players too. Like, like not only do I respect you as an athlete, you know, enough to pay you millions of dollars. I also respect you enough as a person to donate to causes that mean a lot to you. It's the kind of energy you want to see from, from the people who own these teams. Like they, they should, they should feel that way. So yeah, credit to Robert Kraft is the first time I may have ever said that in my life. <laughs> The sad part is, it's like, that is doable, I would say, of every owner in the NBA. Literally every single owner Except in the Except for maybe Tillman Fertitta. But, like, <laughs> I feel like the Celtics owner... Tillman Fertitta is going to start uh, crowdsourcing, like, he's going to start a GoFundMe from his players, actually. He's like, I really need you guys to donate to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> the Celtics owners are fully capable of yeah. setting up something similar. Yeah. Jalen also did say, this was yesterday, he said that, yeah, when he first came down here, he was sort of happy with how everything was going, happy with the league's response. But then as time has gone on, he says he wants to see more from the league. He wants to see more from the teams. What that looks like, I don't think anybody knows. But everybody is sort of recognizing that the kneeling, the shirts, the pre-approved messages, the using your platform to sort of demand justice, that's not enough at this point. We need more. I really feel for the players in all of this. I'm blown away by the Bucks. I think that everything they did was immensely powerful. I've been blown away by Jalen and just everything that he's had to say I thought was just like incredibly like smart and powerful. He said a lot of really good stuff in this bubble. I really hope that the players don't feel like this is all on them. If they decide they want to play, I hope like everybody is still supportive of them. It's not their job to fix this. Like it's quite frankly, it should be like the police's job to stop shooting people. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like both ways people should support their decision because you know, they're, they're trying to like work their way through this. Like everybody else is a lot is being put on their shoulders in, in, in ways that I don't necessarily think are fair. Like they are being asked to be so many things right now. They're being asked to be activists and they're being asked to like impact enormous change that none of us have been able to fix. So with that, I think we will uh, take a break, hear from some sponsors and uh, get into some other stuff at the other end. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels, so never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore so everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary TheraGun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, 
Fair One is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all Fair One products. But you've got to go to fairgun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragon.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragon, T-H-E-R-A-G-U-N dot com slash bluewire. So I will say now, if if reporters complaining about other reporters isn't something that is interesting to you, neither of us will be offended if you turn the pot off now. For everybody who does want to hear us complain about that stuff, I'm kind of grossed out by the way that a lot of reporters are sort of covering this because I think there is this real tendency among reporters, and I, I've fallen victim to this too. There's this real tendency among reporters to tweet out a quote that a player says with like, just like a little bit added on, like, wow, great stuff from Jalen. Or like, you know, wow, really powerful. And we said that a lot of the statements were really powerful earlier in this pod, so it is an easy thing to fall into. But it it feels like this real attention-seeking behavior, this real, like, hunt for retweets and likes. It just does not feel like the moment for that. We got to stop doing that, guys. It's like reporters feel a need to, like, endorse it. You aren't the story here. It doesn't matter if you endorse this. You adding on, like, your sign of approval really doesn't add anything to the message. If you're going to offer something additional when you're sharing a player's message, maybe share, like, an accompanying link that is useful reading material that shares more on sort of what they're talking about. Or maybe share something that you've learned from your own research. Like don't just give the meaningless endorsement. If you're going to add something which is encouraged, make sure it's of value. Make sure it pushes the message forward in some way. There's like this this sense sort of among among media people that like somehow we are the story like because we're passing on the story and it's like you don't have to get credit. That that's not the point here. The point here is not that you get credit for being one of the good ones. Like you just have to stop, like we have to stop doing things just specifically to get credit for them. Like we need to start doing things because it could actually help. Maybe just hit retweet instead of hitting quote tweet. Maybe just kind of keep amplifying the things that matter. And like you might not get credit for that. Like you might not get people being like, hey, like this person is a good person. I feel like there's just this phenomenon with sports writers that they feel like they're like the main character. It's about them and it's not about who they're covering. It's about like, oh, I got this story. It's not about the story type thing. I think that is sort of carries over into like one of my other biggest frustrations recently is when people live tweet these types of press conferences. Jalen Brown giving a really thoughtful answer or opening statement about something that he clearly researched and about something that, frankly, like probably a lot of us don't know about, like whether it's the third verse in the national anthem, whether it's his problem with the term police brutality, or whether it's what he was talking about yesterday and his reaction to the shooting of Jacob Blake. When reporters live tweet, that means you're listening specifically for sound bites or sentences that you can take out and just tweet out immediately without fully listening to what Jalen has to say. And that's a disservice to yourself because you're not actually allowing yourself to listen to what Jalen has to say. And it's a disservice to Jalen because you're not getting his message out in full. And Jalen acknowledged that at the end of the press conference because somebody asked him whether he feels that the lack of diversity among media members sort of impairs his message. And he said, yeah, you're always afraid. And that's probably why a lot of guys 
don't speak out is because they're afraid the media will make a headline out of something or that they'll take things out of context or they'll misconstrue their words. What's the harm in waiting? These press conferences aren't two hours long. These press conferences are 10 minutes. And then you can easily transcribe it and put it out in full. And you can also look at it in full and sort of see what was your most important takeaway. Like, what do you want to share instead of just trying to share everything rapidly? Like, I know it's in a reporter's nature to want to get stuff out fast, to want to be first. We always share, like, live updates and stuff, but it's, like, not everything merits that. You, you talk about, like, getting stuff out there fast, but it's, like, what does that do? The impulse is always there to just hop on it and be like, oh, man, that soundbite was good. Let me get that out. Let me be the first one to get that out. The thing that everybody should really keep in mind is is that you are doing a disservice not only to Jalen, but you're doing a disservice to, like, the message, which is bigger than Jalen, which is, you know, that is certainly bigger than, like, the reporters. Like, the message about the third verse of the national anthem is much more important than my stupid retweets and likes. So, you know, and that, and that's not to say that we shouldn't be tweeting out what Jalen has to say, because a lot of the things that Jalen has to say are actually important. Like they're, they're worth reading. They're worth people processing. Like as the reporter, I feel like we should process it first. We should process the point that he's trying to make and then put out the point that he is trying to make, as opposed to just being like, here's the quippy little thing that, that he said that I wanted used to get engagement. I think that's something that that's really like a problem in sort of the the Twitter age, right? Is that we we don't look for context on things. Like we don't think deeply about anything. We are just bombarded by information, 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 information. It just hits us, hits us, hits us, hits us. That 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 is one of the larger problems of of Twitter. I feel like is just like it really discourages any kind of deeper thinking. And, and in a moment like this, on a topic like this, that's really damaging. I think. If you want to tweet out his quotes, go back, transcribe everything, take a look at it, and then you can find the one quote that actually that he gave that actually does summarize everything. That makes a lot of sense to me as opposed to just being like like shooting out little little bits here and there that people can then quote tweet because again, you're setting everybody else up to misinterpret Jalen. Like it's not just that you're misinterpreting Jalen, it's that if you have 20,000 followers, you're setting 20,000 people up to also I mean, that's where like misinformation comes from. I feel like in a lot, a lot of times there are outlets that will aggregate off of one quote. Players see those headlines too. And then that creates the distrust with the media. It's a whole cycle. There are outlets that will aggregate in extremely bad faith over one quote. It's, it's yes. like, it's really bad out there. Like, or they'll create like a graphic with your quote or something. Yeah. Like really, unless it's like a newsy bit that requires zero context or like very little context, it's just not worth it because you see, we've seen this happen. Like last year, we saw this happen all the time because there were, Kyrie Irving was on this team who would speak like in one large run-on sentence, but people would try and snippet him because he's Kyrie Irving and he's talking about something like that's pretty clicky and things like that. And it's so easy for us as reporters to be like, well, it's not my fault. Like he said it. To your point, it is time for us to take like a really hard look at how we report things and like the responsibility that we have. I think that this is actually the perfect opportunity for that because this is something that is so important that we have to do that. There's a reason why players hate the media. Like maybe, like maybe it's not all just that players don't get it. There's, also, a, there's There are problems here. And like, I think it's time that we address them. And this is kind of the perfect opportunity to do it. You might notice that now when players, at least from what I've seen, now when players are critiquing the media, a lot of them will say, I get it. Everyone has a job to do. But, and then yeah. they'll sort of say like, 
people still take things out of context. And that's why there is a level of distrust. This is a really important, impactful, powerful time, I think, in NBA history. Media members, if you're listening, just remember that it's not about us. It's about the players. It's about this really important, impactful moment in NBA history. To, I guess, like, just give a news recap, like, it's 1030 now on Wednesday, and there's been no announcement about Celtics-Raptors game one. Right now it's scheduled to tip off tomorrow at 630. There is a game before it at 4 p.m., so I'm sure we'll have an idea tomorrow morning about what the plan is. The Celtics generally send out their media availability or their plan for the media availability the night before. And we have not heard anything. I've not gotten it. Yep. Yeah. Shoot around or pregame avail. So if we do speak to Brad Stevens, I doubt we'll get um, shoot around availability. I feel like we'll just get pregame avail, which would be at 5 PM. And that would be after tip off of the Nuggets jazz game. So we'll only hear from him if they're playing. And yeah, that's sort of where we're at right now. We'll see I guess what things are looking like tomorrow, but anything else you want to add, Tom? No, uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot of reporting happening that I'm sure everybody is seeing on their Twitter timelines. Don't Um, assume Tom. Well, all right. Interesting uh, tweet from your coworker, Gary Washburn. Um, have been told meeting is still going on. Players such as LeBron are calling out the league's owners and Adam Silver to do more on social issues. Some players are annoyed. Silver hasn't been in the inner bubble like they have, and has been notably absent from the resumption. So Adam Silver, the golden boy, just taking on some water right now. Um, he should. Yeah, he should, absolutely. And then Chris Mannix, a lot of conversation tonight, but some of the strongest voices on shutting down um, the return season have come from two teams, the Bucks and the Raptors. The Raptors have really have done a lot to push this conversation forward, and I think that probably stems at least partly from everything that happened to Messiah Jiri. Credit to the Raptors. It's like Brad Stevens said so many times today, it's not easy. You support whatever decision each individual chooses to make, whether that's to play or whether that's to not play or whether that's to go home. 100%. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Please hit us up if you have anything to say. We are not experts in these fields. So, I mean, if you have any concerns, anything that that you want to, uh, that you want to express to us, please feel free to DM us. Get in touch. Let us know what you think. And we will talk to you all on Friday.